Welcome to Brand Lover, honest, real, and lively conversations for flourishing entrepreneurs and budding business owners on a mission to cultivate a heartfelt brand that connects with their purpose-driven mission. My hope is that you walk away feeling inspired and refreshed with a weekly takeaway in your back pocket that you can apply to your life or business. A huge warm welcome to Yael Keown, email marketing guru. Now, this is Yale's second appearance on Brand Lover. So if you would like to learn about Yale's story, um, how she came to be in this email marketing world and her journey and her brand journey, um, you can head back to episode 15. But I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today because we are going to get into the nitty gritty of email marketing strategy. First of all, welcome, Yale. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me back again. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I am. I'm thrilled. I want to get straight stuck into the, the juicy things. So um, first of all, why are you so passionate about email marketing? Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if I spoke about this in the previous um, time, but to me, email marketing is just the most efficient way, I think, of getting yeah. out there um, and getting and selling offers, growing your audience, etc. It doesn't replace other channels. But to me, I just love that I can set up this system and create some automations, create a framework for my business that generates leads, that nurtures those leads, that converts those leads to sales. And I can mostly schedule and automate it and I don't have to do it every single day. I can kind of choose my times when it's best to invest in it. And um, the return on investment as well for that time is huge and for um, any revenue or income I put into it. Um, so they say for email marketing, the return on investment is $44 for every dollar <laughs> you spend. Um, it's reach and engagement is just way higher than like social media channels. So um, you get an average, you know, 21.3% open rate according to MailChimp. Mm. Um, but the reach, so the engagement stats on things like Instagram is like 0.06%. Mm. And I'm like, I don't want to be spending my time because I'm lazy sometimes. I want to yeah. spend the time that I'm working on my business on the stuff that's going to get seen, that's going to get interacted with, and that's going to get the results Yeah. versus just like just trying to just keep on the hamster wheel of some of the other strategies. Yeah, keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could rattle off a whole bunch of things that, um, that yeah, seem they seem to be time wasters. I don't I don't quite understand myself when you put it like that and you actually um, name the stats. I don't understand uh, the attraction of things like Instagram or TikTok where posts disappear within mm -hmm. minutes, um, yep. whereas an email will sit in an inbox even though you know, even just that concept of, um, you know, even when you send the email, it, mm -hmm. you know, if you keep checking those open rates, it may be a week before somebody finds that email or, it's, you know, they're able to be saved more efficiently. Um, and the thing I love too is that they, 
they sign up like they yeah, they're it's a warm. high quality audience. They want to be there. Yeah, they're excited, and it's so yeah. I love I love how passionate you are about it. Um, so this is a bit of a fun question that I have for you. <laughs> can you give me a sales pitch on email marketing to somebody who not who would never have heard of it before yeah, never have heard of it before yeah somebody brand new to business like oh just- gosh yeah because because the thing is pretty much I think everyone's heard of email marketing but the problem is they have this perception that it's like this really old-fashioned like newsletter type situation yeah. where you get like 10 different news stories with like a an image and a, and words or you get or it's just like sales catalogs basically yeah so they get that kind of perception so for someone who hasn't heard of it that that's kind of a bit more a well challenge. sorry yeah. yeah so maybe they I don't know maybe yeah. they've not considered using it in as part of their overall marketing strategy yeah. so to me email marketing is a way to generate leads for your business by getting um, someone's email address and then communicating with them on a regular basis, eventually, um, ideally converting them to a sale. Um, and you do that through ongoing, um, you know, campaign-based emails, as well as using automation, which is emails that are sent out as a result of your subscriber taking a certain action or, um, you know, or, indicating some sort of interest or reaching some sort of stage. Okay. I, hope, yeah. I don't even know if that's gone too complicated. No. It? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because there's so much scope. Mm-hmm. So and this is where people get stuck is they yeah. think, oh, I'm not too, it's too complicated. Yeah. It's, it's too much for me. So that's why I always bring it out back to, it's just all about the layers. And, you know, even in my program, the email experience, I've built it out as a framework of different experiences that you want to create for your subscribers. Mm. But you start at different levels within each Mm. of those experiences. So right at the beginning, literally all you need is, you know, some sort of software. And pretty much it doesn't matter which one you start with if (laughs) if you're worried, as long as you make a start a sign-up form, and a welcome email. That's all you need to start. And then you just need to tell people about it and you need to send regular emails. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where you start. And then you're like, okay, well, what about if I can add in this little extra thing and then this little extra thing? And then it just becomes a little bit of a playground for you based around what you're learning. But no matter what happens, even if you totally stuff it up with those first few emails, the benefit (laughs) is you know, no one else is going to see that apart from those first couple of people. Yeah. Or if that was amazing stuff, you can repurpose it and resend it later on and nothing is wasted. And those leads will be there as long as they don't unsubscribe. Obviously, you get natural churn, but those leads will be there in a year, two years, three years. So you're growing this audience that not only you can make offers to, but also you can learn from by statistics to see what they're opening and clicking on and and talking about and, and what they're buying. And also just, you know, conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I think that like that conversation and those connections are just so gold. Like there's something when somebody replies to one of my emails, it's just like happy dance territory. It's the best. It's, it's the best. just like, oh, hi. <laughs> it's like almost like picking up the phone and having a conversation. It's not the same as in DMs on Instagram where it's just quick like responses and reactions. It's like somebody's actually 
taking the time to engage with you. And um, I think like if you, if you, the amount of energy that you put into your emails is what you're going to inevitably receive back. But you also touched on something that I loved, which was um, don't get discouraged if, because um, this was one of my questions to you, if, um, if not many people are seeing the emails that you are sending out because you can re purpose them like you can resend them like that's just my mind is blown like you don't you don't think about doing that you think oh no but somebody would have seen that before because I was going to ask you um, because I often hear clients say to me in in my membership and that sort of thing um, they're discouraged from making the effort it feels like a lot of effort to get it set up and send the emails because they've only got a small audience like maybe they've only got five subscribers on their email list and it's like well what's the point in sending those five people an email um, and that was my question to yeah. you. How would you respond to that? To the yeah, so there's definitely two things, <laughs> two sides to this. Yeah. First way for in terms of the content in using it again, yes, absolutely. You can send it again as a campaign. You could add it to your welcome sequence. Mm. You could also repurpose it into some sort of just like nurture series, which I call a content funnel, which is like an email a week for the first four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, which you can keep adding to however you want Mm. with your new subscribers so your new subscribers can see the best stuff. So there's definitely a ton of ways you can repurpose. Plus, of course, you can post this content to social media and and put it in different contexts as well. Yeah. Second thing is, and this is what sort of this self-fulfilling prophecy, it's like I don't send emails because I don't have lots of people on my list, but I don't promote my email list because I'm not sending emails. Yeah. So I say the best way to break this cycle of just like not of just not growing and you're not sending is just to start sending the emails. Because as soon yeah. as you start sending the emails, you're like, okay, I know people sign up. I'm bringing them in. So like, a you might more actively promote it, but also energetically, you know, there's, there's yes. you know there's something there. Yes. So it's definitely if you want more subscribers, you've got to send those emails even if you've only got two subscribers in the first place and one of them is your mum. Just yeah. practice as well. Because the other thing is people are like, oh, I, I'm really bad at writing or I'm not, you know, I, you know, I feel all that pressure. It just gives you practice mm. in like a place that's not so public. Yeah. You know, it's a safer environment. And so, yeah, absolutely. You can always go through your campaigns or just write them in like in a Google Doc first and then copy and paste. So you've always got it there. You can always go back to a library of stuff. Some yeah. you might get rid of because you think, oh, <laughs> but others, wow. yeah. Yeah. Well, everything's a bit cringy at the start, isn't it? And you Absolutely. just, the thing is you have to be willing to to be a bit like that. <laughs> you have to just put yourself out there sometimes. But also I love that because it keeps you accountable. Like if you commit to sending regular emails, it keeps you accountable to invite people to that list because you are, spending the time and energy to create those emails, you want more people to see them. So it actually gives you something to talk about to get them on the list. So yes, in the first place, yeah. Chicken and egg. Yep, absolutely. Love it. Take the step. All right. So let's talk about some trends because, I mean, looking back on email marketing, even for me, um, 10 years ago when I had my freelance design business, it was lit literally a newsletter whenever I just had a quiet day (laughs) I would put together some projects I'd been working on and be like oh hey and that was it but that's awesome at least you you know you were still you were doing it (laughs) this is true this is true but um 
it has evolved a lot. Like there's a lot and you see it, the different types of businesses sending different, you know, you referred to the catalog type email. Um, you know, my husband still gets the JB Hi-Fi emails with mm-hmm. all of their sales and their flashy things and they're still working for that audience. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll click through and do the research and be like, okay, we're going to JB Hi-Fi to buy this thing. So it's obviously working. Um, maybe not so much in the space that we reside in. So give us the goss. Um, yeah. What have you seen working previously that perhaps, you know, maybe people holding on to as a habit or harming their results um, rather than helping? What's, mm-hmm. what can we, what's been happening lately? Okay, so in terms of, yeah, see, I didn't have this on my list of, of little trends, but, yeah, you've, you've got me on to one that I think is does people need to make a significant shift with. Mm. It's, okay, well, sometimes we have had this, there used to be this tendency that uh, to be welcome in someone's inbox, we need to provide the most amazing emails ever. Mm. And, like, we feel like we have to compensate for this privilege by, making these big epic things by having 10 different articles or having different features, making it super pretty Mm. or having it really epic and long. Mm. What do you see happening everywhere else in the online space? Shorter. TikTok, 10 second, like, bam. People's attention spans are so short (laughs) these days. They get Less and less. Now, obviously, if your thing is, you know, deep content and your audience loves that, stick with it because the number one thing that should guide you is what your audience responds to. So with the JB Hi-Fi situation, absolutely, you know, and typically with e-commerce, people sign up because they like your products and they yeah. want to know when you are selling those products or when you have new things. So send them what they want. Um, yes. But- so my first tip is, yeah, and the best kind of trend around this is less content more often. So shorter bites of content, like a quick tip, answer a question, just focus on one thing, mm-hmm. the email, but send more emails. So people just get, and they see in the subject line, either something intriguing, like, oh, what's that, what's that about? Or they see something, oh, yeah, I want to know about that. Yes, they might not, not open every single one because just like going through your TikTok feed, not every video on your for you page is something that you're interested in mm. but and and even if there's a creator you particularly love you know you're not going to necessarily be interested in every single video they post but you know you can get your highlights you can get what you need and you're giving people more opportunities to engage with you and finding what they're interested in so yeah less content more often is one way you know what my next question is going to be don't you how often how often <laughs> Again, this is about what your audience will respond to. Mm. Probably the answer is more often than you're sending now. <laughs> okay. Um, I, though I think you're probably pretty good um, with that. <laughs> um, so to me, there's a few kind of ground rules. You've got to find out what your audience kind of likes. And, there's, and it kind of gets a little bit complicated when you layer in automation. Yeah. Because all of a sudden if you layer in automation, you don't need to be sending as many traditional campaigns or broadcasts because you know people who are actively engaging or doing something, they're getting looked after, they're getting your emails. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but as a general rule of thumb, instead of in terms of your regular, you know, right content cycle, um, my rule of thumb is at least as often as you're producing content anywhere else. So this, it surprises me how many people do have a podcast or have um, 
write blogs or do videos that don't tell their email list about it. It's like that's minimum. <laughs> then um, if you are running any sort of sales promotions and those sorts of things or each month you kind of want to say you want to have kind of a more sales-focused kind of email, you know, say, okay, now taking bookings or whatever it is, you want to at least double that, probably triple that. So you've mm-hmm. got the opportunities for nurture in between yeah. um, and making sure you've got some focus. Yeah, so content that's more about giving than asking. Yeah. So that's kind of where I sit. Um, and, again, it depends on your audience members as well. I fluctuate at the moment for my main list of people doing between once or twice a week only because I've gone my name my podcast is now fortnightly but if that was weekly it'll be pretty much close to twice a week is that yeah. I'm emailing because there's different focuses yeah but, but the caveat to this is I give my subscribers the choice um... so I so segmenting is becoming more and more important yeah. We need to allow our subscribers not to have to just, if they sign up, they get everything or they get nothing. Now, why can't we say, <laughs> you know, you get a choice. So when someone first mm. joins me, yes, they get through a welcome sequence, but then they get an email which says, look, from now on, you're going to get my podcast emails and then you're going to get an email. Um, you're going to go through my content. But I'm like, I, t- I tell, I'm straight up. This is what you're going to get. Yeah. If you don't want this or this one, but you want this one, click here. And then when I'm sending out my podcast emails, every single podcast email says, hey, so, you know, this. if you don't want to get these podcast emails anymore, but you still want to get my other stuff, just click here. So starting to let them choose and creating a little bit of segmenting, just using tags, um, just to let them have a little bit of a say in what they get as mm. well. So that's one of the things people freak. Now that's a more advanced strategy, obviously, mm. um, but it is, we can, if, as you're increasing, you do have this opportunity to start thinking about giving your subscribers a choice in what they receive and what they don't receive. Yeah. Be worried about that. Well, that makes sense because that's respectful. Mm. I like that. And people haven't done it in the past because it hasn't been possible. And, and yeah, it can involve a little bit of tech, but, you know, mm. um, you know, the modern, modern software, the more advanced software actually makes it pretty easy to do it. It's just you need to, the challenge here is not to try to overcomplicate it for yourself because <laughs> yeah. then you can end up with too many too many segments and you're just like, what? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So keep it simple but but keep it personal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. And sometimes I'll send, and sometimes I'll just choose. Like So, for example, um, when someone joins my list, through most channels, I have a third question on my sign-up form and I just say, what type of business do you have? Mm. So your service-based business, digital products, e-commerce business. You could do this with, you know, what sort of stage are you at? And I use that the information. Like if I'm sending something out that is purely just for e-commerce people, I will only send it to those e-commerce people or I'll exclude the other groups just in case there's some other people. So, mm. you know, it's just practical sense. It's like, okay, well, I know that's not going to be relevant to this area of my audience. So I'm not even going to send it to them. Mm. Yeah. So you can do that as well a little bit too. Mm. So you can be more targeted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's more like, again, before you page or your Netflix, you know, it starts to get, okay, a little bit of, this is content I recommend for you. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay. So what other trends have you got? Any other sort of anything that you can dish us out? Okay. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about, yeah, this segmenting. 
um, and a bit about engagement. I think that's important as well. Making sure it's a bit more of a two-way conversation, Mm. making sure there's always some sort of action you're asking your audience to take. Mm. Um, So clicking something, which can be clicking just to read something or see a social post or clicking to vote on an option Mm -hmm. or just asking questions and specific questions, not just, so what do you think? (laughs) Make it something really specific or, you know, what tip would you add to this list, et cetera. Um, Engagement interaction is more and more important for deliverability, um, especially now with the open rates, Apple privacy things, that open rates aren't as reliable. So we need to be encouraging other forms of interaction so we can really see what is working and identifying our warmest leads. Um, So that is more and more important, making you know, making it more of a two-way relationship. Um, on the emails themselves, I think also, and 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 probably ties in really well with what you do, um, is just accessibility and thinking about that. Um, so making it well designed, well laid out, so larger fonts, good solid color contrast, mm. having dark mode, using ultimate alternate text for your images and making sure you're actually using headers instead of just bolding so that screen readers can read out the content. You know, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. We're thinking more and more about accessibility from a physical disability point of view, so that's people with vision impairments, but also neuro, neurodivergent people where there's so many out there that you know struggle with big blocks of text and so making it scannable easy to read short not overwhelming so that's something I think really important I think that's some a big trend coming forward as we're getting more understanding Mm. um, and accepting of those people's differences as well so it is something yeah that I firmly believe anyway (laughs) we need to try to be doing a little bit better at yeah okay So now that we're on this topic of um, layouts, I guess, um, it's sort of like there seems to be two camps of setting up your emails. And, you know, I've heard whether it's a rumour, I don't know, we may have talked about this before somewhere along the lines in one of our (laughs) masterclasses together, Uh, text only or text and images. Okay. Again, this comes down to what works for your audience and for your business. Um, It did used to be the way that if you had over a certain percent of image to text ratio, that it would strongly impact your deliverability. As in Google will see, Gmail will see, okay, this is all just images and just put you into spam. Mm. It did used to be a big thing. Not so much anymore. But again, it comes down to that functionality of the email. We do need to still need to rely more on words rather than images. Um, And sadly, with some, you know, software, they've tried to make a focus around it being pretty by using lots of images in it. But the problem with that is what happens sometimes when you go to open an email in in Gmail or Outlook? We are not displaying the images. Click Mm -hmm. here if you want to see them. How many people are not clicking that? Yeah. So my rule of thumb with images Yes, absolutely, you can go ahead and use it to enhance the content of the email, but make sure you are not relying on the images to get across the message of the email. So don't rely on a big, beautiful graphic that says 20% off sale and not say somewhere in the words there's a 20% off sale. Um, Also, just thinking about that impact straight away, we don't want to, you know, people like to have nice, beautiful headers, 
and stuff like that. But sometimes they get so huge that people have to scroll before they see the content. Again, we want people to get that instant impact of, okay, what the, what's, what the key point is. We want like a great opener. And that's yeah. going to be more often the words than just this is, you know, my logo up the top. Yeah. The kind of getting, cutting to the chase, <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of thing. So absolutely we can use images to enhance. Um, obviously it's it's important for those that have a highly visual product or and need that to showcase what they yeah. can offer but we can't rely on that yeah and that makes sense because you have to remember like how many email agents there are how many different apps people are viewing their emails on they all have different settings mm-hmm. and whatever yeah. but also mobile like if you had a massive like a big image and you'd written your um like back in the day, yep. <laughs> years and years ago, when I used to design um, email newsletters, it was a thing. The designers used to do it every week. They would hand it over to us and we would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be okay to put your message as an image in the email, like your actual um, copy. Yeah. And people <laughs> still do it. Like there is Canva templates for emails yeah. to send an image. And I'm just like, no. No, <laughs> no. Well, A, it's not accessible unless you're yeah. using, copying, putting all of that as alt text. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I get it. I get it because people do like pretty. Like there are some people that really love beautiful, wanting it to look, that's their thing and their mm. brand. Mm. But we do need to work with the the things that we've got. So even things like fonts, like people might get frustrated. I'm limited to only so many fonts, but that is because unless someone has that font installed on their computer, it's going to get translated into Times New Roman or something anyway and look crap. Exactly. So you're going to something, trying to find something that's close enough yes. <laughs> to, yeah. to your standard one. Um, and just, you know, I get, I can understand, like if you're putting in your logo, you make sure that's the nice thing. And, and yeah. you know, if you add it as a flourish, as you know, but not yeah. as a flourish image kind of thing, but you're not relying on it. Yeah, hundred percent. Because the other thing to remember is that other people are going to be opening your emails on their phones. Yeah, and if you've got something that looks amazing and it's big and beautiful and on the desktop, small. and then all of a sudden you can't even read it, yeah, they're just going to click away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's you know a great point to just keep the message as the focus and how you can find clarity around that with the tools that you have within um, your program. So, um. Okay, so was there anything else that you wanted to share around around like for trends? Because I, um, I guess yeah, the yeah, the final one that um I did have here was just is more on the the lead generation side of things. Yes, um, because this is a practice that I'm seeing, like a lot of the 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 experts in list building and stuff. You yeah. know, they've done it from how many years ago? Yeah, <laughs> and. They can get away with having a lead magnet or something, which is top five tips for something. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of these stock standard things. People know about lead generation now. People understand, you know, lead magnets and signing up to things, especially if you're in the online space. Yep. So you need to be different and interesting. So a wedding planner, I'm sorry. I know it's a great a great idea, but having a, um, you know, checklist of things to organize before your wedding as your lead magnet everybody does it yeah <laughs> you know, we've got to think different we've got to think um 
outside the box about something that will actually help your audience and help them take action. So definitely something that's more action orientated, not information orientated. So your checklists are great, mm. um, but it has to be something a bit quirky, different or things that, you know, shortcuts, swipe files, ideas, you know, something that people can get a quick win out of. Mm. And just instead of just something that everyone else seems to be doing, I think that is crucial. Um, But also layering in some extra sort of list building boosters and extra little fun things along the way, whether it's like, uh, like time limited things like, Mm -hmm. you know, here's a quick, here's a a pre-recorded masterclass you can grab, or here is, it's a live event or it's a giveaway or a quiz that's only for a certain period of time, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping it fresh and keeping it interesting in terms of generating those leads at the beginning. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's something that uh, people don't realize because people are like, oh, I'm just not growing my list, but it's, it is, it isn't as easy as it used to be. And yeah. it isn't as easy as some of those experts to say, oh yeah, we can get you a thousand subscribers in a month. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I get actually quite frustrated with how people, you know, make out how easy it is to do that, especially if you don't have like a big budget to work behind ads or something, but along those lines is if you're attracting the right people and using like a lead magnet that's really, really like targeted, A, that will be more appealing mm. and B, it'll be the right people so you don't need as many in the first place. So, yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah so it's not bad news, but it's just, um, yeah, something that I want people to kind of think, okay, well, again, like we're personalizing the email experiences once they've signed up, making it the lead magnet kind of a bit more tailored as yeah. well to the right person. Yeah, and that's a good point because if you're creating content that is super aligned and super valuable, you're going to attract a higher quality lead mm-hmm. and you don't need a lot of those <laughs> no. to make, a, you know, sales. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't need to necessarily get hung up on the numbers. But I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's a little bit of a trend in general in online marketing is that people becoming more savvy, particularly business to business. Um, everybody knows all the strategies now. And so we, you know, people are mindful of where they, where yeah. they invest their time and, and also, um, being mindful of what's coming through to their inbox or what they're following on social media. It's not just a free for all anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's also great yeah, because as long as we, you know, know our audience and we know who we're trying to target and what makes us different and us unique and what our audience loves about us Mm. then it's it also takes that pressure because again people get it now you know people have been doing this lead magnet welcome series you know nurture you know sales launch models etc for 10 years more I don't know how long b-school's been around but it was yeah that's a good point you know so people even it's gotten into more the general public again now, you know, the, the, the re, you know, the real world is sort of seeing this and getting used to it. Yeah. But that is great because it means it takes that worry about like, oh, I don't worry, I want to be annoying or I don't yeah. want to be sending these emails, but people know what to expect. So they're signing up with this knowledge. Okay, yes, this means I'm going to get emails. Yes, this means I'm likely going to get sales promotions from them and I accept that as part of the exchange of this email address. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good point for that person who does struggle with not wanting to be annoying because I hear that a lot as well. I'm sure you do as well. I don't want to send too too many emails. I don't want them to think I'm annoying. 
And it's like, well, to be honest, if they do think you're annoying, they're going to unsubscribe and that's fine. Yep. And But the right people are going to want to hear what you've got to say because they signed up. They know what they're in for. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, by people doing this and doing the worrying about the, they're just doing such a disservice mm. because if you've got people who signed up, to a lead magnet or something, knowing you offer some sort of solution and you can help them with that solution and you're not sending emails that help them because you're worried about how you're going to be perceived, you're failing them. Mm -hmm. You're not helping them. Yes, sometimes that solution will be making an offer. Sometimes it's just this great free tip. It'll be a bit of a blend. Yeah. All right, you're, you're not... You're actually, so while you're not being annoying, you're also just not being helpful either and you're not yeah. helping with that problem. And people, and that challenge comes up right at the beginning as well where people say, oh, I can't send five emails in two weeks as my welcome series. It's too many emails. But people signed up when they're actively looking for a solution for that problem. Mm -hmm. If you dripped that out over six months, five months, six, they might have solved it already. It's not interesting to them, but they've got this challenge now. And that's mm -hmm. the great thing about email. Again, it's timely to mm. where that audience is so okay you can show up and you can help them now with it by giving them the best information or the best resources or the best advice or an insights or motivation whatever it is they need mm. when they when they need help yeah amazing and it's automated so you don't have to yeah. you don't have to be knocking on their email inbox writing out the email every every day yourself <laughs> Oh, exactly. That's... And it just, and, and you can, and you can do it in a really lovely yeah. way. If that's your thing, you can be really direct like me because that's just my personality, or you can just be really gentle and you can ask questions and you can make it conversational and just say, look, I see you. I understand, you know, mm -hmm. what you're going through or you're not, you know, don't worry. You're not weird. This is so, affects so many people. There's nothing wrong with you. You yeah. know, things like that, that are just like, nice you can show true empathy yeah 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 I love that that's a bit my style I like that yeah. <laughs> um okay so all right Yale let's consult the oracle what can you see carrying through to 2023 or can you dish out some new strategies to trial oh <laughs> well pretty much everything there so <laughs> any, we anything about. we just talked about, any of those, pick so, one. Okay. So I guess the first thing is one, if you don't have an email list, well, just get that set up and start getting mm -hmm. those leads straight away. Yeah. Two, if you're not sending those emails, start sending them. Just think, take the pressure off and just think, okay, I can just write something, you know, short, helpful. It can even be the length of what a social media post would be if that's helpful for you in terms of you framing it in your mind as to what you can. Just think what will help my audience today and just mm. start writing those more emails. If you are already in the habit of writing emails regularly-ish, um, my challenge to you would be more about, okay, well, how can I make this a bit more engaging? So can I ask questions? Can I get clicks? Mm. Can I get people? Or how can I start personalizing this a little bit more? Like, are there some segments? Mm. And a great way of doing this, literally send an email out, combine the two, send an email out and say, what do you want to know more about? Or um, what best describes you? And have like three categories and they can click a link to answer the question and you can mm. get some data. And it's, yeah. a, but it's an interactive thing. So I guess that would be my, my three levels of actions to take. It's nothing fancy. 
yeah you know, it can get fancy but it's nothing you know while all of it changes and kind of the way we do it changes a bit like it's still fundamentally just the way of communicating with your audience yeah I like that to simplify it really all it comes down to is talking to your people it's just in a different platform mm-hmm. and it's talking to the people who are at that next deeper level with you so I know we sort of at the beginning I kind of bagged social media and stuff a little bit but it absolutely yeah. has a place yeah think about that as the top of your funnel awareness getting exposure plus it also adds a, an extra connection point you know so, so you can get so people can see you in multiple places mm-hmm. but it's that next step down yeah so people think okay subscribers I like to think of more of it as leads mm. for your business so we think about okay we've got they're your warm leads, I would say. So you've got kind of your, you've got cold leads and stuff that are out there that you're trying to find through these social channels and stuff. When they get on as a subscriber, they're your warm leads. And now we've got to nurture them and stuff and get them to be hot leads, which is where we start to use some of our strategies to identify, well, who are the people here are the ones that are really, the real interested ones. Yeah. So it's it sits in that space in between. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't have that and if you're just kind of trying to skip it, you're just missing so much opportunity. Yeah. 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 And I, uh, yeah, honestly, I enjoy it. I enjoy my email family. So I like the way that you've put that there. Um, and it's, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I just finally, let's talk about, because people I'm hoping if you're listening it is late 2022 or heading into that final quarter of the calendar year where we're thinking about planning. We're thinking about new things we might like to try in the new year or, um, you know, um, what we're going to have, what our marketing strategy is going to look like as a whole. Um, what do you think is the most important thing to keep in mind when you are planning your email marketing strategy for the new year? Um, that it's just, it's not independent of the rest of your strategy mm. <laughs> is the thing to think about. You've got to think about your marketing strategy and your business strategy as a whole. So when I am planning my emails and what I want to talk about, I always go back to, okay, well, marketing as a whole, what's my focus? So I look at my calendar just from broad brushstrokes. Okay, well, if I'm doing launches or promotions, when are they going to be? Um what key dates are there that you know are in mind like back to school planning new year's christmas black friday cyber monday whatever those sorts of things are and then you kind of plot them out on the calendar and then you go okay well there's a gap here there's a gap there there's a gap there what are some topics or themes that i could talk to maybe i can tie that into a product or a service and kind of plug that in there and Mm. from there i go okay well january i'm going to focus on content planning for the year or whatever it is that's going yeah. to be my topic all of a sudden it's so much easier to come up with ideas of yeah. emails to send and it's tied in to whatever it is that you want your audience to do and you should be talking about that sort of stuff you know once you've got that topic or that theme you'll be your content on your blog or your podcast or your videos will be about that your social media stuff will be about that but it's so much easier to come up with ideas um when you have something in mind Mm. so um 
an example of this is I've recently last this season I started coaching my daughter's netball team um, <laughs> and I've never like a bunch of seven-year-olds have never played netball before and they're like we get thrown into like doing training and I'm like what on earth do I teach these kids like how do, on earth do I teach them how to play like a highly strategic game when they're yeah. seven and, you know that takes them so long to figure out you know where they have to even be on the court or which direction yeah. they need to be throwing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and if I go in and go, okay, netball training drills in Google, you look at it and you're just like, wow, there's too many ideas. You don't know where to be in. But if I go, you know what? We're struggling with leading. Mm. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I can come up with a couple of things on how, okay, Type in leading training mm. drills. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, there's something really specific there, specific there. And all of a sudden all the ideas start flowing. Oh, yeah, we can do this. We can do that. And mm. it's mapped out. So our challenge is sometimes we think with email and, and trying to plan out our strategies that we're like, what do I talk about? There's just so, you know, you can't narrow it. But if you narrow your focus first, then it's so much easier to come up with content and stuff that will help your audience. And it's aligned as well to some mm. sort of, strategic goal that yeah. you have in your business yeah amazing so yeah my big thing there um and and then just in terms of those strategies like so if you did have promotional periods coming up making sure you've got enough of a runway before to do a lot more of that nurture kind of helpful stuff or stuff that gets engagement and getting people opening and clicking and replying mm. so all the good deliverability you know signals are getting sent out into <laughs> Yeah. into Gmail and Outlook and things like that as well. So yes, there's strategic sides, but it's that's my biggest tip when it comes to just content planning and, and mapping out your strategy. It cannot be independent of the rest yeah. um, and just narrow your focus for different periods of time. And you kind of just lock in just the first three months really because you mm. can change your mind as well, full permission. <laughs> yes, flexibility. 100%. Yeah, I like, yeah, I think that that makes so much sense um, that even just for your email marketing to make sense and to feel aligned with everything else that you've got going on makes it so much easier too. Like it's just, it gives you, um, yeah, it gives you ideas and topics to build your emails around. And um, I like that word strategic is so important. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming and sharing all of this incredible wisdom. I'm sure that we've got people listening with their pens. Right. And thank you for such good questions. <laughs> You're welcome. Always here for the, the tough questions. Um, hard hitting. That's what I am. No, really. <laughs> I'm a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so remind us where we can find you and all of your amazing content yep so the best place to go where is of course my website which is yalekeown.com yep. all one word nice and easy so on there you'll find you know my ideas um lead magnet so that's as a side note i've got a fill in the blank email ideas lead magnet so you can just take <laughs> your theme and you go so okay i'm just going to put that in all the blanks and there's your email content sorted amazing. so that's right there um on the home page um i'm on instagram I'm not so great at posting regularly, but I'm at Yale Keown on there as well. So that's where I am um, to hang out. And I also have my own podcast called Easy Email Marketing. Yes. So um, nice short um, episodes So on different email marketing topics. So, um, yeah, you can definitely check out that to find out specific tips 
and whatever yeah. it is you're doing at any any given time. 100%. Go and check that out. And also, if you wanted to learn more about Yale's story and get a little bit more of the personal side, go and listen to episode 15 of Brand Lover um, and, yeah, get to know her. And she also shares some other email marketing tips. Although after this episode, I don't know that there's any, I can't even imagine <laughs> that there, I'm sure there's um, well, so I've many been doing others. this, I don't know. Specifically, I've been doing marketing for 20 years, but doing email marketing <laughs> specifically for for three, four years, and I still haven't run out of stuff to talk about. Amazing. (laughs) It's crazy. It is crazy, isn't it? There's so much. Thank you so much for sharing as well. And I'll always love chatting with you. So thanks so much, Yale. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this week's episode of Brand Lover, take a screenshot of wherever you're listening and share your biggest takeaway on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to tag me. I'd love to give you a shout out and thank you personally. Also feel free to subscribe and leave a review to help the Brand Lover podcast reach more hard-aligned entrepreneurs just like yourself. Thanks again and I'll see you next week.